The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good Sunday to all of you. John and I have a a topic that I thought was going to be really original. And then it turned out, coincidentally, that the Hall of Fame uh, announcements were this week. And ESPN did a piece on this as well. But I did not read that piece. I don't think John did either. So we're going to talk about who we think are the current Hall of Famers in the NBA. Who has a chance? Who doesn't? Who's in the Hall? Very good. Uh, A lot of this stuff uh, that to really go through i i did this probably i think like four or five years ago at that time but obviously much has changed since then so first off here john what is a hall of famer to you uh that that is a great question i mean so there are a couple of standards i think was this guy one of the best players in the league at any point in his career right was was this guy yeah was this guy good enough to be the best player yeah. on a good team and, and, and being clear we are uh we are saying that this is our standards, not necessarily what these standards have been. This is what are. I feel the standard ought to be. Yes. What the standard has turned out to be is something extremely inconsistent, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, what, you know, what, was he, was he among the best players in the league at his position? Was he, you know, was he capable of being the best player on a decent to good team? Um, was he somebody you wanted on your team? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think in a couple cases, you'd question that, right? Um, how long was his prime, right? Was it yeah. just one year or was, was there multiple years of excellence? Uh, and then, you know, you can look to some other things as indicators. You know, when you talk about obviously things like all-star, all-league awards. Um, but then you also kind of go through the record and look at it on your own because there are some guys who are overrated or underrated for, for whatever reason and maybe didn't get as many of those accolades or too many of those accolades. And so... You have yeah, to allow per- perhaps for they were in uh, the Eastern Conference over a twenty-year period. <laughs> for, uh, for example, example exactly, exactly. And then, the, I mean, the 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 question, I guess, in the background of your head was like, was this guy really famous? <laughs> like, was this was this guy really worth making a big deal over? Um, yeah. And uh, you know, fa- famous is kind of a, a weird thing, but what what I always uh, with guys from the big markets, what I always say is use the Charlotte test. If this guy had played this whole his whole career in Charlotte, would we be having this conversation? Yeah, that that's an interesting one. And I do think that there should be some allowance for this guy is a really important part of the story of the NBA that you can't tell that story without this player. 
You know, he was just, and, and that doesn't mean that Robert Ori should be in the Hall of Fame, but you know, Dennis Rodman maybe should, right? Like the, the where you, you do to me get a bonus, and yeah, that's maybe a little unfair. It's luck of the draw, whatever. But having been on good teams, contributing in the playoffs, even if there are some players who weren't on good teams, didn't have as much of a chance to contribute. The fact is that those players did do what they did in the playoffs, and that's what this sport is about and that does mean something so that that doesn't maybe give it as much of a boost for me as for some people but it does give it a boost it's worth something clearly uh two things to add to that uh international competition and uh ncaa uh accomplishments whatever they are um carmelo anthony for instance carrying syracuse to an ncaa title that definitely is something that should weigh in his favor uh in terms of being voted into the basketball hall of fame so my standard that i look like as a I think for a baseline, I want to see five seasons where you are one of the 20 best players in the league. That to me is, I think that should be the absolute minimum criteria, unless it's just a Bill Walton type of situation who also had a great college career, of course. You know, he probably should get in just based on his college career. Yeah, Although, really. you know, again, we're, we're not going to talk that much about mm-hmm. college because uh, this isn't a college podcast, thank God. Um, So at least not until the next lockout. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although I, I might want to just make it an Australian League podcast if there's a, or a Euro League podcast if there's a lockout instead of college. I'd much rather watch that. But um, so yeah, you know, unless you're a Bill Walton, there's actually a player that I will probably talk about who I don't know if he quite rises to Bill Walton level, but you know, had a very very brief peak as one of the best in the league, but then dropped off. So, but generally, you know, if you're talking about a guy who's just I, I want to see five years of clear top 20 production before I'm even willing to think about it. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think another thing we can talk about too, just to give a, a baseline here are, well, now nah, we can skip that. I, I don't think we need to talk about the, some of the players that we don't think should be in the hall of fame because that's, <laughs> that's just like anchoring the discussion too <laughs> low. Yeah. And, yeah it it, it does opinion. actually set the bar, set the bar low. Cause there's been so in general, if you were a role player on the Lakers, Knicks or Celtics, um, you, you, there, obviously those teams have been disproportionately represented, particularly among, I'm not talking about the star players in those teams who are awesome and, and definitely belong. I'm talking about the guys who were secondary players in those teams who fail the Charlotte test so miserably. It's not even funny. Um, and those are uh, virtually all the worst Hall of Fame selections are from that class of player. Yeah. Or, or college coaches. Well, let's not even get started on the college coaches. That's that's a whole other. Well, I, I don't understand why it's why college coaches get so much more love than NBA coaches. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 A guys like, like like can you can the guy at least have like made a Final Four? How about that? <laughs> like one one Final Four in your career to get in, like not uh, avoiding getting fired. I mean, there's 300 of these jobs, right? Like just because you managed to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah, and not get fired for for 25 years. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's start with this here. Just players that we think are absolute locks. If they retired today, they they never play another game. They have the goods right now. Okay. And no one comes to mind for me. (laughs) I can't think of anyone. No, no, nobody with 15 All NBA selections or. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who's gonna uh, break the record for most number of All NBA selections this season yeah yeah so i would i would say lebron james is an easy call yes uh at a minimum i would say the second greatest player of all time um chris paul he's got to be in there also yeah at this point to me i mean since 
2005 draft been really a, a on average a top three point guard every year even and then and if you ever if you ever had any doubts this year when he's probably going to make some second team all nba uh in his 30s it should probably assuage them yeah totally um stephen curry would you say stephen curry has done enough right now to be a hall of famer yes without a doubt yeah so he does uh, have only six all nba teams mm-hmm. uh, and started really his hall of fame resume begins in the 12 13 season so it's really only about seven high level seasons that he's got under his belt but he was just so good during that period and then also another player you just you can't tell the story of the nba without stephen curry two mvps one of them unanimous maybe the best offensive season that anyone has ever had in 2016 73 win team five straight finals three championships in five years uh yeah i mean i I think he's got to be and even even if he never plays another game who else you got in this group uh so Kawhi leonard obviously was i i think last last year removed any doubt he now has two finals mvps uh was was clearly the best player on a team that won the championship um, as you know, he only has three on NBA selections right now. He probably, you know, would get a fourth for this year, but just the, the body of work to this point, because the highs are so high and you know, there's a, there's enough in terms of years now to like, I, if he retired tomorrow, I think he gets in the hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, and also, I mean, there is kind of like a tragic element that comes, you know, they call it the Gale Sayers effect with some of these players where it's almost like if he just stopped playing now, he would have more of a chance than if he just like got injured and then came back and played five more years at a low yeah. level. Yeah. 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 I think there's definitely something to that. Um, or I guess we could maybe call that the Derek Rose effect too. Yeah, um, really? Yeah. Kevin Durant clearly in two NBA finals, MVPs, uh, 2014 MVP, 10 all NBA selections. Yeah. I mean, I, I, but to me, if you've got four or five all NBA selections that are actually deserved, yeah, uh, gen- that, gen- that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Generally around five is the threshold where all those guys, all the guys with five and more pretty much just walked right into the Hall of Fame. There's, I mean, there's one or two exceptions, I guess, but that's pretty much the trend when I was looking at it. Um, uh, I think while we're talking about players that Oklahoma City drafted in that three year wonder blitz, uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden also waltz right into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Westbrook, eight all NBA selections, only two first team, but point, point guard, very stacked 2017. MVP, a lot of playoff moments uh, as well. Yeah, I, I mean, and also the inaugural player probably who would go in as a member of the Thunder. So yeah, that he's got to yeah. be in there. And Harden as well. I mean, he's been, wasn't he like top two in MVP like the last four or five years? I believe that's correct. Yeah, um, and did of course win it in 17-18, plenty of all NBA performances uh, as well. How about... All right. Yeah, I mean, Carmelo's got to be in there. Carmelo, I mean, the- Carmelo, to me, the thing that puts him over the top is, like I said, the international and the NCAA. He was so good for Team USA and then so good uh, in leading Syracuse to the national title that year. His, his actual NBA resume is kind of, to date, is probably like maybe, maybe not. But I think the other stuff pushes, is the wind at his back that, that makes him automatic. I think, you know, based, based on his fame, I'm sure he'll get in. But I'm, I'm just saying, in evaluating his career kind of objectively, he, he was never quite as good as people thought he was, but he was still pretty damn good. Yeah, he was. What really stuck out to me about him was those years in New York when he didn't have a ton around him and they still had really good offenses. 
Um, you know, and, and he wasn't known for his passing, but he's still, and, and his efficiency was, you know, more volume score type guy. His defense was never that great. Uh, but it, he played on some very, very good offenses that he was a, a big part of. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that to me, only six all NBA selections, but I think that's enough. And two second team, four third team, never made a first team all in all NBA, but also worth noting the longevity is pretty massive for him. And, you know, I would say he was a top 20 player in the league for well more than five years going by the criteria yeah. that I elucidated there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, All right. Let's can, I, see. Can, can I bring up one more guy? Uh, there's, I got a few more in this group, actually. Uh, only has three all-star appearances to his name. Uh, only has two all-NBA, although one of them was a first team. Uh, the 2013 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, and... A uh, player who won the NBA championship and the FIBA World Cup in the same year this summer, uh, Marcus Gasol. Yeah, no, he's a lock. I, I had him on my lock. I mean, because of the international stuff as well. Also a, a 2006 world champion uh, back when it was called the world championships, a number of silver medals playing for Spain. Uh, you know, very, very impressive international career. And ha- having won the championship this year, I mean, that, you know, just based on his NBA performance what if it was only based on nba uh it'd be dicey i mean his you know his career totals if you look at like wind shares and vorp or whatever are wouldn't wouldn't necessarily rule him in or out he'd be in the in the gray group um yeah and when he did make those all nba teams the center position was terrible like there was a like between the demise of dwight howard and the rise of this next generation of centers like Embiid and Jokic. Mm-hmm. The center position was really, really down. It, I mean, like was. DeAndre Jordan made a first team NBA center one year. Yeah. I mean, that, well, let's not talk about that. Um, but, <laughs> uh, Mark, um, won the, won the defensive player of the year award, which I think you, you go through that list. You, you're in some pretty elite company. Um, oddly, that was the only time he made the all defense team, which was a mistake, I think. But, uh, the year he was for, uh, first team all NBA. He was also the best player on a 55 win team. Yeah. So, I mean, there, he, he definitely was at, whether it was at a true first team all NBA level based on the quality of the position or whatever, he, he was at a really high level, uh, for that two, three year span. I do believe that international basketball should matter. So I'd have no problem with him getting in. He would be very borderline for me. I mean, also like just a, a great, like citizen of the game and, and having won that championship last year was pretty big. Also, I think just the idea that you are associated with just, you know, one team and, and one era on a good team like he is in Memphis, that kind of resonates mm-hmm. with me a little bit. But, you know, I, as far as like being a top 20 player in the NBA for five years, I don't think he quite fits that category. Yeah, yeah, I think it, that's where it gets a little hazy on his part. While we're here, I don't know if we're considering this guy an active player or not, but I think pa- <laughs> Vince I think Carter? Pa- I think no, Powell uh, waltzes right in. Oh yeah, 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 Powell for sure. Yeah, I, I think he's since he's I don't think he's in the league now. So, um, but v- Vince Carter, yeah, yeah, I was surprised uh, how few All NBA teams he had when I was going through his resume. But yeah, I mean, he really uh, when you're talking about him as a true superstar, he probably only had like three or four years how many all nbas did he have just two that's what i'm saying yeah eight all-star teams with only two all nbas yeah the the eastern conference all-star but i think the dunking the excitement restoring the dunk contest i mean all, all of that ha- means a little bit something uh, something i mean he's he may be the de- best dunker of all time 
you know, I think like that, he, he did capture a lot of people's imagination. You look at how so many people who grew up in Canada, uh, and are now good were like, yeah, it was all because of Vince Carter that I like really became fascinated with basketball. And then the longevity has to go in there too. I mean, it's not to just have played for 20 years, even though he's was not, I mean, really probably 2010 was his last year at like even close to an all-star level, mm-hmm. but to tack on another 11 years after yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And his peak was high enough that he got MVP votes in four different years. So, uh, you know, his peak was still yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. And those Toronto teams that he led, you know, were solid second round of the playoff teams. Um, yeah, I, I think he'd be borderline to me without the cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you who another guy I who here? I think yeah. who I think might have made himself a lock in the last year. Uh Kyle Lowry. I had him on the late career question mark group. I think he will probably make it. Yeah. I, uh, I, so yeah. I mean let's let's think about it here. So 13-14 is probably his first, you know, all-star level, top twenty player in the NBA type of level. He's probably not in that group to me now. Um, always much rating much better by the advanced stats, but yeah, having, and he, he disappointed in the playoffs a lot, but yeah, having a, a big performance as kind of a second slash third banana last year, winning the championship, I, I think, and he's also still playing at a pretty high level. Right. So yeah, I, I think it's again this yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, again, asterisk gets the East, but, um, but he's still, you know, he's still adding to his resume. Yeah. And I think he's aged better than expected so far. Yeah. I mean, I think I would ultimately, put him in uh but i i can't say that he's a, just a lock to me yet though right right it's it's hard because the the ceiling the ceiling works against them like these other guys we talked about had much higher ceilings than lowry yeah i mean you could make an argument that lowry had a lot of years that that like he was better than carmelo anthony in some of his best years mm-hmm. when lowry was in some of his best years but i, I mean there it, by traditional statistics no one would believe that but lowry i mean he's he had a run where he was a top 20 or top 20 even top 10 player in the impact metrics for a four or five year period yeah yeah um and and i mean you know mo cheeks is in so throw throw everyone (laughs) the mo cheeks comparison will be used for every guard for for the next 30 years oh you had more points and assists than mo cheeks um yeah mo cheeks never averaged 15 points a game only averaged as many as eight assists once and four-time all-star very good defensive guard but you know just not when you go back and watch those those teams too i mean he's just like he's like the fourth best player on those teams fifth best player and and those teams had some nice runs but yeah but it was moses and dr j it was you know cheeks was a very secondary guy yeah i mean he was like you have to say he was like maybe the fifth best guy in some of those teams with andrew tony and bobby jones uh a little better than mark ivoroni though yeah i I can say that (laughs) you always gotta take shots with the virginia guy oh is he virginia guy yeah he is um Okay, I think Dwight Howard is an absolute lock. So this is what's so funny. People are going to have all these screaming debates about Dwight Howard. He has a stronger resume than several of the guys we just talked about. Like, like in, like almost not even close. I mean, he was top five in the MVP voting four straight years. He was the best player on a team that went to the finals. Uh, five different, um, I'm sorry. I lost my train. Is that eight all NBA selections he had? Am I right? Did he have five? I mean, from all NBA from 0708 until 
11, 12, he was probably a top five player in the NBA for that period. Yeah, exactly. And, and then played at, at an all-star level for three more years after that. Obviously, wasn't the same after the back surgery. But yeah, I mean, he had a, a smaller peak or, or a shorter peak than a lot of people. But when your peak is top five player in the NBA and you do it for, you know, three, four years, I think that's enough to me. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, and he could still be be a contributor on some good teams here going forward. He's reinvented himself this year. Yeah, um, yeah. four straight years, first team all defense and five straight what? years, first team all NBA. How, how many defensive players of the year did he win? He won like three or four, right? Uh, He won three. Yeah. Yeah. Three in a row. Nine, ten, and eleven. Yeah, so he's got to be in. I mean, it, it, yeah, okay. There's this. Oh, people don't want to play with him and stuff like that. But he, he's just too good. It and would be in Orlando to leave a player of that magnitude out of the hall. Yeah, and in Orlando, you didn't hear that about him, right? Like it was, it was only later, like when he was really good. Um, okay, here's one for me that I think I think this player is probably going to be a lock by the criteria that I provided. I think he probably gets in there more longevity type of guy never someone that maybe even thought of of a superstar but he did get two max contracts basically uh lamarcus aldridge yeah i don't know man five all nba teams yeah that's probably that's i mean that's probably the most impressive part is that seven time all-star in the west he made he made all nba and the all-star team at a time when the power forward position was really strong and the west was really strong uh that that is without a doubt the the strongest uh part of his resume for this um and and, uh you know one was on a 67 win team second best player on a 67 win team and then a 61 win team in san antonio probably best player on uh a very good portland team that won 50 games years in a row uh yeah yeah um I mean, I think like his, the impact metric has never been as high on him as some of the traditional stats. I certainly acknowledge that. But, but still, you know, like his his like career win shares and stuff are like okay, that's like pretty comparable to Hall of Fame. Like I just I just can't get to the point where he's like automatic though. There's like nothing. No. There's like no. There's no extra. There's no special sauce with him. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he did have some. He had a few. You know, like forty point playoff games where he was really unstoppable. He had that Houston series. He had a game. Uh, actually, I think it was the first two games. Yeah, where he was, yeah. went crazy. Yeah, they won the first two in the road. They had to start playing Dwight Howard and Omer Ashik together to guard him. That was the only way they could do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's got to be in there. All right, let's. Uh, do you have anyone else in your would be in if they retired today category? Uh, would be in if they retired today. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I think you can. Uh, well, here we'll we'll take a break, and then we we have another another category here we can talk about. Some of these players may have done enough already, frankly, but I kind of think of them as needing a couple more years at their present level, and they're in. Blinkist, I can summarize it with one statement here. It's basically the fastest way that there is to learn about stuff. There are a lot of amazing nonfiction books out there, but I don't necessarily have eight hours to read some of these. Blinkist gives you just 15 minutes that you can either read or listen to, giving you the key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, whether it's The Sports Gene by my old Hebrew school classmate, David Epstein, The Secrets of Power Negotiating by Roger Dawson, an older one, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Golan. That was a formative book for me uh, that I read back in my 20s. 
If there's a nonfiction book that you want to read, but you don't have the time, chances are it's available on Blinkist. The way to get started with them is at Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, like blinking your eyes, Blinkist.com slash P-E-R to start your free seven-day trial that slash P-E-R is easy to remember because John invented P-E-R. Not only do you get your free seven-day trial at that Blinkist.com slash P-E-R link, but you will also save 25% on your new subscription so you can try it free for seven days and save 25 percent off your subscription at that blinkist.com slash per link don't forget that slash per to let them know that you came from us yeah so this is the next category here that i had just need a couple more years to be total locks and might even be in right now okay uh you know certainly i mean anthony davis is is right at the top of that group i think we talked about a guy who already has seven all-star team appearances he's going to get his fourth all nba this year he's pretty close to the point where if he hung it up tomorrow he'd get in yeah so he only has three all nba appearances but all three are first team yeah which if you go through the league's history i'm not sure if there's anyone who has three first team all nbas who isn't in the hall of fame huh that's a good uh you know three first team all nbas is not in the hall of fame let's see here by the way it's probably going to be four after this year oh uh depends i don't think so if he's a, if he's a forward i think i don't think he'll make it yeah i guess so yeah all these guys i'm looking at definitely are in the hall of fame um uh, who had three so yeah I, I think and davis too to me he's been a top seven player in the nba basically for five or six years now he did have the one year i mean he, he, the the one downside is that he essentially had the trade year for new orleans and then 15 16 where he basically just didn't finish the season and that's yeah. what but he still when he was healthy was playing at the same type of level yeah. that we're talking about here so yeah i mean it, it's one of those things too where like if he had just stopped playing tomorrow he probably would get in if he like suffered an injury and then played at a average rate for a while but yeah i mean like if you look let's say you compare his resume to like vince carter he's much yeah. better player than vince carter than carter was at his peak and he probably oh, yeah. has a, had a, already had a longer peak than carter mm-hmm. yeah Kyrie irving yeah so i think he's gonna end up with a pretty good case despite what people think about him right now um between all the all-star teams like he definitely has a little bit more work to do all the all-star teams made the winning shot in the seventh game um i think that really helps him uh you know, and he's still he's still at an age where he can add to this. I if he makes one more All Star team, or really does I don't know much of anything for the next couple of years. I got to think he's in. Yeah, the, that's true. Now he he kind of yeah, and last year he was on, on the All NBA. I mean, he clearly is still playing at a at a Hall of Fame type of level. I think. Um, you know, maybe a guy who's never would peak, you know, as maybe the eighth or ninth best player in the NBA. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's certainly never a top five player. It doesn't appear to be on that path now. So, and the injuries hurt. Some of the drama hurts as well. But especially when you throw in his playoff performances, the iconic shot that he hit in that, you know, maybe the most important NBA game ever played in, in terms of historical legacies and significance. Yeah. 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 Um, some of those early all-star selections were a little questionable because it was more, he's getting voted in as a starter. People are excited about this young rookie yeah, guard. Yeah. And that was also one of the nadirs of the East. But no, I, I think it's pretty clear. You know, you might have a debate, though, if he's just... That's why I don't think he's a lock yet. But I think he probably even would be likely to still get in if, if he suffered a career-ending injury. Yeah. Uh, How about the guy yeah. who did more last season to improve his all Hall of Fame chances than anyone else? 
Uh, Paul George got a first-team All-NBA, finished third in the MVP voting. I think that season he had last year pushed him from like a maybe guy to like a one-foot-in guy, where he just has to hold a pretty decent level for another year or two or whatever, and then I think he probably skates in. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, George is another guy who, I mean, basically since 12-13 has probably been a top 15 player in the league. So I, I think he, he gets into me already and he's still, he's, I think he's going to age reasonably well just with his skill set and size. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, I mean, is he, and he just is a guy who scales well too. I think once he is more of a second banana, I think his skill set in some ways will be more appreciated even than it was before, you know, cause he was kind of the, the best player on a 45 win team, not necessarily the best player on a 50 win team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but. And also to come back from that broken leg, he's got a, a gold medal in 2016, all that. Um, uh, I, I think, yeah, he should be in. Damian Lillard. I think he's going to, I think he's in pretty, you think he's pretty much in right now. Doesn't need to do a whole lot else. Uh, four all NBA teams already would think it's going to be a fifth this year. Three top eight MVP finishes. Uh, you know, five all star teams. That's okay, I guess. But I think, you know, best player on a team that went to the conference finals, uh, kind of is going to hold every record in that franchise's history. I think by the time he's done, uh, has some really iconic shots, obviously in the playoffs. Um, the yeah. wave goodbye to OKC, of course. Uh, amazing character and leader. Been, yeah, that, that's uh, been really durable too, beyond the advanced stats. You know, um, yeah, uh, and, and another guy who I think has been top fifteen for uh, probably since fourteen fifteen, and then top uh top 10 really since that point i would say lower end of the top 10 um yeah yeah and also i mean the the all-star selection is being low point guard in the west as you know from yeah, uh don't get your, me started so, on that with conley yeah yeah well they, he'll come up yeah <laughs> I, i'm sure here um Giannis Antetokounmpo. i mean he's in <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be the he's gonna be the MVP. He's gonna be the Defensive Player of the Year. Like, I I get why he I get why we have him in this portion, but like, he's he's in. I mean, it well, would be, and it would I mean, be I, I do think when guys get their careers cut short a little bit, that people are like uh, they're willing to extrapolate out a little bit, like what yeah. they would have done if they hadn't gotten hurt. Yeah. Now, someone like Derek Rose. His peak was probably short enough that you can't quite do that. Yeah, I but agree. Uh, but Giannis also is playing a much higher level than Derrick Rose ever did. Rose was kind of one of the weaker MVP selections. Giannis uh, has been, uh, you know, top seven player probably for the last three years, and was this his fourth All Star team? Uh, yes, this year. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Um, Clay Thompson. Yeah. This is an interesting one. All right. So let's set aside that Clay Thompson is going to get into the Hall of Fame based on all the previous standards, uh, because he was a guy on a, you know, a significant player on a team that won multiple championships, which every player of that ilk has been voted in. You know, all these guys that Mo Cheeks, like you brought up, Robert Parrish, you know, people like that. So Clay's going to get in. Is he a Hall of Fame caliber player? I think so. I, I think he. It's been right around, you know, when you talk about the top 20 players in the NBA, he's had seasons where I think he would be in there. Uh, 
seasons where he's right on the borderline but also the, the being one of the greatest shooters of all time having some of the most iconic moments of all time certainly the, that games that game uh six in okc oh yeah uh that was a, definitely an iconic moment yeah th- holds the nba record for most points in a quarter 60 points in 29 minutes with 11 dribbles like that the, yeah. those and also i think he's the advanced stats have never really liked him that much um, in terms uh, so of the on-off stuff, I yeah. was going to bring that up because I was going to yeah. debate you a little. Like, he was he a top twenty player in twenty fifteen? Yes. Was he a top twenty player in twenty sixteen? Eh. Has he been that since then? I don't think so. Well, uh, so to me, this is all about fit, right? Like, Clay Thompson might fit better on any team than any player in the NBA. And his defense, while he doesn't make a lot of plays and get credit in the advanced stats for that, his ability to switch and guard really one through four, even maybe one through five, um, was huge. Like they couldn't have played that system that they played that made their defense so good without him. Mm-hmm. And I also think that if he had been on a different team where he'd had a chance to run more pick and roll, I mean, we never see, for example, him pulling up off the drill out of pick and roll. He just doesn't run that. Mm-hmm. I think that could have been like a, a very good threat. I also, if you look back at what he did in the first two rounds of the 2016 playoffs when Curry was out, he was unbelievable in, in that. Uh, so I, I think, I think he really, especially because of the fit, if you wanted to say, Hey, if you're just going to throw him on some random team, how many games are you going to win in the regular season? As opposed to, Hey, this guy scales on a really good team in a way that very few players can. You know, like if you have, like he's, the best second banana offensively that you can imagine because you can never leave him. And, and then defensively, he doesn't really have any weaknesses there either. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's, he, he is a lock hall of famer, I maybe the, even. Yeah. yeah. I, the one other thing in his resume, which you didn't point out, but 73 and nine. Also never, ever missed any games until this year. Yeah. But yeah. So I like, there was a point where I felt he was overrated. And then I think my understanding and appreciation of him evolved just due to the fit. And I think he also, I would say he's been the second best shooting guard in the NBA over the last five or six years. Wow. We call him James Harden and Paul George shooting guards. I would think of George as a small forward. Okay. But I think he's better than like who, who else in that conversation. I mean, it's a weak position, but then you're also your value over replacement player is pretty high if you're at that position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd put him above Bradley Beal, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You call Jimmy Butler a small forward too? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Clay versus Butler is a very interesting question. I, I think, I, I think Clay is a better Hall of Fame resume than Jimmy Butler. We'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, yeah. So okay. Let's, certain, let's take another, another quick break here. Certainly and, and the best we'll... player to never take a free throw. <laughs> Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> you looking for a great gift for the polymath in your life? Well, the annual Masterclass All Access Pass will let you get one annual Masterclass Pass for yourself and get one free to give at masterclass.com slash PER. There's only one place that you can wor- learn from the best in the world, like Stephen Curry, Margaret Atwood. My wife took her class uh, on writing. She loved it. Martin Scorsese, Natalie Portman, Chris Voss on the Art of Negotiation. It is is an absolutely insane list of masters in just about every possible discipline and the way to get that two-for-one deal is at masterclass.com slash per easy to remember slash per because john invented per masterclass.com slash per to get that amazing two-for-one deal at masterclass 
What's up, sports fans? Matt Peck here, host of Locked On Bulls, and I want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast. Huge Fan is a new Sirius XM original podcast where stars talk sports. Each week, join host LaChina Robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories, game day rituals, the most heated rivalries, and more. And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Next one here. Okay, that's everyone I had in that category. This one is is very interesting. Let's, we can go through these guys a little quicker unless you feel like they have a strong cases. I've labeled this one late career question marks. These players largely have their resume in the books. We talked about Kyle Lowry. I think Lowry has probably the best argument of this group other than maybe one other player, and that's Blake Griffin. Yeah, I think Blake Griffin's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I do. I think uh, the you can't tell the story of the NBA without this guy test. He certainly passes that. Uh, was all NBA five times. Um, again, at a, playing a position and an era where there were a lot of good power forwards. Uh, finished as high as third in the MVP voting. Yeah, so, 2014. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, those Lob City teams definitely disappointed um, compared to what people thought they might be able to achieve. But they still, I mean, they still won a ton of games. And then Griffin in Detroit last, I mean, last season in Detroit, like he was awesome. <laughs> like people forget yeah. that part. Um, so I don't know what else he's going to give us. Um, so it's going to be a shorter career. Um, so that makes it a little bit tougher, but I think the highs were high enough to put him in. So here's his trajectory in case people have forgotten. Didn't play his entire first year. Next year commences a run of five straight all-star teams. His 14-15 playoff series against the Spurs was amazing. Um, and I also didn't think he was the reason that they lost to, to Houston necessarily either. I thought, I thought he was pretty good in that series. And then it commenced a, a three years where he didn't make the all-star team at all. But then I think uh, actually last year that I think he was a top 15 player again last year. He would, he makes it to me. I think he was a top 20 player for from 11 through 5th or from a uh, 12 through 15. So that's four years. And then also did it in 19. And, and still again, the cultural impact was huge. Uh, winning the dunk contest being one of the best dunkers in nba history one of the most exciting players yeah so i i I think he would he would make it for me yeah i mean and even honestly his 2017 season his 16 17 season like he was good he just missed 20 games and that was like why he didn't make the all-star team yeah yeah all-star selections by the way are always suspect because it's based on half the season. Yeah, there's there's that too. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's part of why I think some of them end up looking so dumb in retrospect. I, I put a lot more stock in All-NBA, obviously. Um, although, again, I, I don't always agree with those voters. So anyone else on this list that – and Kyle Lowry, I agree with you. I think he should probably be in, uh, but I still think of him as a, as a question mark rather than a lock. Anybody else on this list that you think of as kind of a late career guy who's got most of his resume in the books that should be in to you? Uh, 
I I don't. I'm I'm looking at these other names. I and I don't. Uh, there's one guy I think we need to talk about though, and that's Andre Iguodala because I do think he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a Finals MVP. I just can't get over the fact that if he had stayed in Denver, there's no fucking chance he makes the Hall of Fame. Never made an All NBA team. What does he have? Two All Star selections, I think. One. Now you could argue, perhaps that yeah so he doesn't to me have five seasons as a top 20 player clearly but he also was woefully underrated by some of the metrics that were available in the prime of his career i'd agree with that and and i think you know by some of those metrics he may have even been a a top 20 player in the league and did get that finals mvp which i don't think he deserved i think it should have been curry and if and if not curry then lebron in that finals Mm -hmm. um uh, and most of what he did offensively was he was able to do that because of Curry. Right. He's so, shooting wide yeah. open threes. I mean, we played them in the playoffs that year. Our game plan was to let Iguodala shoot wide open threes, right? Like yes. that was <laughs> that was our out. <laughs> so um so yeah, I it's it's a tough call for me. You think he's going to make it though? Oh, I think he'll definitely make it. I mean, to, yeah. well, look at all these other guys from from uh, from dominant teams that have that have made it. The the yeah. third, fourth best players. All these, you know, Jamal Wilkes, Bill Bradley, people like that. Like, yeah, Iguodala is going to make it based on that. Yeah. Plus, you those, can't those you can't guys, tell that yeah. you can't tell the story of the NBA without him either because he got his shit sent by LeBron on that uh, uh, <laughs> layup when uh, Cleveland won the title. Man, not a not an Iguodala believer, huh? It's a high bar, man. It's the Hall of Fame. How many all defensive teams does he have? You know what? When I was doing my prep for this, I did not write down his all defense. Let me see if I can find it. It's not as many as you'd think, I, I don't believe. There's only two of those teams, obviously. Two all defense teams. A first and a second. Yeah, again, I would say that he was probably underappreciated with those. And, I mean, Kobe Bryant made, like, 15 all-defense teams or yeah, something right. like that. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that was uh, some something that I would look at as necessarily being the right call. There are a lot of years where Andre Gridala should have been all-defense over Kobe Bryant, for example. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just you can make the argument like, okay, if he wasn't on Golden State, would he, you know, your Charlotte test? But then you can also say that he became appreciated because he was in Golden State. Um, I think ultimately I probably would, would not have him in. He, he may be uh, the, uh, one of your ultimate hall of very good players. Right. Right. How about, but like, I, I really would agonize over that though. I mean, yeah. and he's, he, to me, he's better than a lot of people who are in too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Like compare him to like, you know, Bobby Jones, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. It's kind of similar role up, but I think he was much better offensively than someone like Bobby Jones. And oh, yeah. Bobby Jones was never the best player on his team. I mean, Iguodala was the best player on a team that won a playoff series. I mean, they won it because Derrick Rose blew out his knee, but still. Anyone else here worth talking about uh, that you think is even close? Uh, who is your next closest in this group uh, that I put together here? I mean, we got to talk about Derrick Rose, right? Yeah. I think it's just if he had won a championship – or even if he had just had one more year, you know, where they, if, if they only had gotten to the finals in like that 2012 or something, yeah. maybe I could get there, but yeah. Yeah. Cause it, even that 2012 season, he missed, he missed a bunch of time that season, even before he blew out the knee in the playoffs. Right. So it was one, one supernova season where I don't really know if he was the MVP, but it was, I mean, it was a hell of a year, whatever it was. Um, yeah, certainly, I mean, he, certainly yeah. if you string four or five of those together, you walk right into the Hall of Fame. But he's, yeah, I can't get there. Yeah, three All Star appearances. I don't think so either. And you just he did suffer that injury, 
and I don't know if it was just his style of play or further injuries that he suffered, whatever it was. But if you were really that good, like most people could come back from a torn ACL and still be at an all-star level, you would think. That's, um, a, that's a decent point. Um, which, yeah, I think I mean, I, mean, he, 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 I, I don't know. Maybe good. that's unfair because he was that good. I think he was a, at minimum a top five player. I'm not saying he didn't deserve that MVP, but he definitely wasn't the best player in the nba that year but lebron had a really down regular season dwight howard was kind of you know i don't know that people thought of him as the type of player to be the best player yeah yeah and it was a great story and the story won yeah yeah Yeah, so so he will probably be the only mvp to never be in the hall of fame yeah i think that's right in part due to the fact that he was so brilliant that he won it so young usually usually by the time guys get to an mvp you've already been an all-star for a long time and so you, you already have the resume once you've gotten an mvp um what about Al the, Horford? The, yeah, uh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, what about the best player uh, ever to never make an All Star team? Byron Scott. Oh, just, just kidding. Oh. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, I will fight you right now and not even worry about COVID nineteen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my, Mike Conley was he ever a top twenty player in the NBA? I think actually last year and the and. Um, and in 2016-17, he had a case both those seasons. Both years, he played really well in the second half of the season, um, and so it kind of it kind of got missed a little bit. But he was really good both those seasons. Um, couldn't crack the Eastern Conference guard rotation. Got select they selected Lillard over him as an injury replacement in 2015, which still chafes at me. Um, but yeah, I uh, you know he so he doesn't have those kinds of things in his in his uh, background. Um, was he was he the was he our best? He was probably our best player in seventeen and in nineteen, almost certainly, actually. Yeah, I, I think between had a couple of years that were kind of lost to injury, really didn't ramp it up to even All Star consideration level until you know probably twelve thirteen would have been the first year yeah. that you even could have begin begun to have thought about that. Yeah, and then really. You know, two partial seasons after that, a lot, a lot of missed games in there. You know, it was another 56 game season in there as well. So I, I think there are really only two or three years where I would have had him in all star consideration. I've since 13, 14, I've done a list of the top 10 players in the NBA, but I usually go down into honorable mentions in the same tier. I don't think I've ever really had him in consideration for the top 15, you know, maybe around the fringes of the top 20 a couple yeah. of years, but I, yeah. I, I can't get behind it personally. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're trying to be as objective as possible, uh, what would you, what would your what would your <laughs> I, verdict I'd, be? Unfortunately, I think I think he probably doesn't get in. Yeah. Um, how about Al Horford? Kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, really good player, really good teammate. I just I can't I can't get there. So the resume probably stronger than you think in terms of All Star teams. Yeah. So five five All Star selections. Five but Eastern not a ton of Con- all NBA, right? Eastern Conference All Star selections. Yes, that one, that is true. One third team All NBA. Um, never really did much in the playoffs other than the eighteen season. Was on some pretty good teams. Yeah, and underrated defender. But ultimately, yeah, another guy who I don't know that I ever would have considered him a top twenty player in the NBA. Maybe just in the eighteen 
playoffs, he played at that type of a level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, if if he had just been able to discover a three point shot a little bit earlier than he did, you know, th- things things might have been different for me. But yeah, he's someone who could get in. Also had a, had a couple. He had an eleven game season and a twenty nine game season, which hurts him, and only played over seventy games uh you know hasn't done that a lot it's been he's been kind of a 65 game player most of the way here in these last seven or eight years and and less than that a lot of times so yeah i think the four all-star appearances might get him in but i would probably have to say no yeah um demar Derozan. come on man i i mean well we have to talk about him because he's had all these because he's gonna end up with a lot of career points and he's gonna end up with like he's gonna have these all-stars on his resume he's gotten mvp votes he's finished 11th once and eighth once two all nbas made made four all-star teams i just don't think he was ever nearly as good as people thought yeah i agree the advanced stats were really bad even when you get to san Antonio, i mean there there are plenty of years where his team was better with him off the floor than not. And yeah, those, the Lowry plus bench units were always good, but then that and, continued in San Antonio as well. And, and we talk about playoffs as far as, you know, helping guys. I mean, his, yeah. his playoffs are, have been brutal. So I think that hurts him. So I can't, I I agree. can't, get, can't get behind that one. Paul Millsap. Hall of pretty good. What's he got for all-star appearances? I mean, it is interesting when these guys like, DeRozan and Millsap come to the Western Conference and all of a sudden it's like you're not even thinking about them for All-Star when they're like <laughs> right, locks on yeah. they're yeah. locks in the Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference every locks, year. And now it's like, oh yeah. yeah. What's, that, what's he, that's what's, being a little it's being a little unfair to Millsap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. It's being a little unfair to Millsap because he moved into a new era of his career when he went to Denver in terms of his age, but yeah, no no all NBA teams. Um very underrated defensive player. But yeah, I, th- I think that's ultimately Hall very good. And he didn't really start playing at an all-star level until he got to Atlanta. And that was only, what, a five-year period there? That was a... Wasn't that like a two-year period? Well, that he was actually in Atlanta. Yeah, he spent four seasons. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we're in agreement. He's out. I got one more for you here. Won a Euro basket in 2017. Goran Dragic. Uh, if we're taking left-handed Western Conference point guards from this era, I think he has to get in line behind my guy Conley. Well, he did make an All-NBA team 2014, although he did not make the All-Star team that year. And one All-Star team, I think, which was like a bad replacement selection. Was that as, that was as recently as last year? That was wasn't last it? year. That was a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, that was a gift. Um, the, the only reason I thought to bring him up was because the international, but one Euro basket is not enough. If he was, if he was like winning World Cups with Slovenia, then we can. Yeah. It, maybe it's a little different. Yeah. Right. So of that group, Kyle Lowry and Blake Griffin are the only ones that we really agreed on that should be in there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is the, the next group I have, which will probably also be pretty controversial. Borderline, if they keep it up. Mm-hmm. Got six guys in this group. Who do you like the most out of this group? Uh, in your opinion, they should get in. Uh, Rudy Gobert. I know he just made his first all-tar team this year, but you're talking about a two-time defensive player of the year. Could maybe get a third one this year. Um, has made two all-NBA teams already, uh, even though he's only made one all-star team, which is really weird. Um, just, uh, you know, an elite player at his thing. And, you know, are, is he the best? He's not the best center because of Jokic and Embiid, but he's definitely top three, four center in the league for a few years now and probably will, should be able to keep that going for, for a couple more. I think he's 
going to end up with a with a really strong resume. Um, hasn't been able to do anything overwhelmingly successful with the French national team, but could add to his resume there too. Rudy Gobert over Draymond Green. Yeah, that's the other guy we need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Draymond to me is, is has a better defensive peak than Rudy. More versatile, better uh, better offensive player at his peak. Two All NBA teams more all-star teams than Gobert. And I think he just, he, he is more defensively versatile at the highest levels than Gobert. And, you know, uh, he gets the bonus from being on this great Golden State team for a while. He's only had really five seasons yeah. at a the, high level. Yeah, and, the short peak is going to hurt Draymond, I think, when people step away and look back at his career. Um, but And really only probably had three seasons where I would consider him to be, you know, playing at an all-star level. Now, 17-18 and 18-19, he brought it in the playoffs. Again, you know, he he played, it was probably the best defensive player in the playoffs those years, but he had pretty crappy regular seasons. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, defensively, peak Draymond was, holy shit, like, this guy is so good. Just read everything that was coming. Wouldn't, couldn't, you couldn't get past him. You couldn't post him up. He, he was, he was just a terror. Well, well, are, are you willing to retract your blasphemy to have Gobert higher than Draymond Green on well, this list of border? Are we talking about famous? present accomplishments or what I think will happen? Like, I, th- I think, oh, Gobert- oh, oh, you're talking about what'll happen in the, yeah, yeah I guess if we're looking forward here, which is really kind of more where we're at now with these guys who don't have the complete resumes. Yeah, yeah that's a good point that you, you like Gobert's future better than Draymond's enough. You, you would agree that Draymond's resume is superior to Gobert's as of now. As of now, yes. Yeah. No, that's true. I think, like, Gobert's going to be better than Draymond going forward. I think that's fair to say. Um, taller, younger. But Draymond, to me, has such a, a head start on him. And I think it's also pretty unlikely that Gobert is going to be part of a you know a high level championship type of team, given what his salary is going to be, and that he'll probably be in Utah for a while. Well, I mean, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, uh, I like Draymond's chances better better than Gobert. I think he has a higher peak than Gobert. Um, I would put him above Gobert on this list personally. But I, I see the argument if you're, and also we'll see with Draymond too. Like like they're going to be good next year if he has another great playoff run. Yeah, that could cement it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I, he's one where it's going to be so much more about the playoff impact, too. So I got four other players in this group. Okay. So so you think, I think Draymond will get in. I think I ultimately, he's very much on the borderline for me. But then when when you look, also his college career, too. Didn't he make like four Final Fours or something in his college career? Or like three he, Final he, Fours he in made, his college he, career? Uh, how many did he make? He made at least one. He didn't make four because he left after his junior year. So he definitely didn't. No, make no, he, he played four years. Draymond? Yeah. All right, who can look it up the fastest? Yeah, let's see. I'm, I'm getting killed by my scroll. I don't, I don't need. I don't need to look it up though. I know. You're right. He played four years. Look at that. <laughs> look at that, huh? I had in my head that he left after his junior year for some reason. Let's see how, how and how many Final Fours did he go to? Yeah, I think he made, he made it to two, oh, oh, nine and and ten. Okay. So I think that that might, would put him over the top probably yeah. as well. He was a very good college player. So, uh, but I, I think. When you throw in that he was the best defensive player in the playoffs for five years in a row, probably that that's got to mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gobert, I think, will be on the borderline for. I mean, I think Ben Wallace will be a, a very interesting candidate. Canada. A lot of people think that he should be in right now. I haven't gone back and looked at it as closely for him. Yeah, he's an interesting case because all the values on one side of the core, and his pe- his peak was yeah. pretty short. But Go- Gobert is better offensively than Ben Wallace. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So this is one who isn't anywhere close to being in as of now. 
but could get there, and that's Chris Middleton. Well, I think he's going to have a wind at his back playing on these Milwaukee teams um, yeah. in terms of actually getting voted in. Um, is he a Hall of Fame caliber player? I think this is the first. This is his first season where he's played at a high enough level that you could start having this conversation. Yeah. So he has to keep this up for a few more years. Yeah, I mean, we'd really need to me four years more at this level. He'd need to be playing for you know conference finals, finals champ, win a championship, right? Um, but I mean, yeah, this year he's been he's been nasty. He also has generally has played better in the playoffs, although he's had he did have some stinkers last year. But mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Butler, yeah, he's an interesting one. He he probably still has to do some work. I think like I think he's getting pretty close. Um, been the best player on a good team. Uh, made five All Star teams, and I mean it was the East, but he definitely like he made all five All Star teams, right? Like he would have been an All Star yeah. in the West in any of those seasons. Um, yeah, good. Really good two-way player at a position where it's tough to find those guys. Um, you know, probably didn't help himself by pushing himself out of two different places. Uh, has had some injury issues, and that's probably the biggest thing. He's almost in a race against time against his knees right now. I agree. Where he needs to put he needs to put together another year or two at a high level before he uh, collapses like the car at the end of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> uh he also has almost no playoff resume to speak of. Correct. Yeah. And I think he hasn't had the, the greatest of playoff series. Probably his best effort was last year. The Toronto series, I mean, he was good. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've thought of him as, yeah, he really is right on the borderline. I think he's got four or five top 20 seasons yeah. in the NBA. If his, if and, his career and, and ended so, tomorrow, he'd be a no. Yeah, that's probably Because it really, 14-15 is the first big season that he had and last year was a little bit of a, a down year for him he's really got right on that level and and remember what i was saying is just that's a prerequisite to me not you are in if you do right right and, and i think some of the ancillary stuff he doesn't really have not that many games got a late start was a gold medalist in 2016 but was was a bit player on that team and hasn't done anything that special in the playoffs what about the uh two wizards John Wall and well, Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah Beal, that's interesting because he's continued to get better, had some nice runs in the playoffs early on, but he, you know, he's, he's kind of like a Mitch Richmond for this era, I would say. You know, somewhat similar players. Outside shot is the main focus of their game, but they can do some other stuff. He, I think he's going to need a little bit more of actually being relevant again from a team standpoint. There's that. And then I, I mean, he didn't make the all-star team this year and I think it was merited. Like he, I, he, I, I disagree with that. Okay. I, I thought he completely I, stopped. I think, playing I think defense. he's a little better than he's a little better than DeMontis Sabonis. <laughs> might, might, might prefer uh, Bradley Beal over DeMontis. Sabonis. Okay. I think most, okay. uh, m- most NBA GMs would probably agree. Would probably make that. that trade. Okay. That's yes. fair. That's fair. Uh, but, and, and, you know, I, I think he should have made, he's definitely one of the 12 best players in the East right now to me the I, I was surprised when i was doing the prep for this show how much work he still has to do yeah like he's really just getting started almost in some ways like is the just the the number of career accomplishments right now just isn't that impressive um uh, like john wall for instance in contrast john wall has finished in the top 10 in mvp voting he's made an all nba team he's made five all-star teams like john wall has to do more and get back to that level that he was at to have any chance but he's built some of those lego blocks already whereas beal is starting almost from the ground right now i mean he's made two all-star teams and that's it that like that's all he has yeah and i think he could have made a couple others he, he 
did some stuff in the playoffs, but yeah, it's just it, when I'm talking, I think he's been maybe these last couple of years on like the lower end of the top 20. So yeah, I, but I, I think he's, he's getting better at least offensively. So I, I think it's still possible, but no, he's, he's, I would say he is not, I think he's, it's like bore like 50, 50, whether he's on the path or not right yeah, now. Yeah. And, and he's got, he'll probably have to get to a better team. He probably, but if he has, Three more years, four more years, like this year that he just had, then we're, we're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, Wall, I think is not going to make it. He's just a little bit too. I mean, I, I'm kind of operating on the assumption that he's done basically. Right. At this he, type of I, level. You know, yeah. What level can he get back to? He has to get back to an all star ish level to have a chance. Um, Kemba Walker. I can't really see it. I mean, he's, yeah. it's pretty late in the day for him already as a small guard and, yeah, he turns thirty pretty soon. He has the the two All Star teams year. in the East. I mean, he's he's had a couple of individually good years, but he hasn't certainly hasn't put together like a block of five or six of them. Yeah, I mean, he Boston would have had to do some pretty special things in these next couple of years in the playoffs to even think. He did make that All NBA team third team last year, but yeah, I think he's. Uh, I I would skip him. So of this group, I'd say probably Draymond Butler Gobert. If you put a gun in my head, I'd say those three will, will get in. I would agree with that. All right. We can, uh, I guess, should we have mentioned the late career guys, Rajon Rondo? Does he even deserve a discussion real quick? I think people are going to try to bring him up. I, I don't, I don't think his career was good enough. I just don't think he was yeah. ever good enough offensively, but I also think he was, you know, he played for the Celtics on a team that won the championship. He played for the Lakers. Yeah. He's he wasn't like, actually good that year, by the way, yeah, but yeah, he's, you know, famous. But uh, I, I he, just he had four years at arguably an all-star level uh, had some big moments because they're in the playoffs all the time. But he you look at the offensive ratings of those teams and you had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen on those teams. And the fact that he just didn't need to get guarded and had to have the ball all the time. I and mean, I thought that was really, uh, you go back and look at it. I think he was massively overrated. And then he has essentially been a bad player ever since he tore his ACL. Right. So you're looking at four good years, essentially. And those to me even were not, I wouldn't have considered him a top 20 player. Many other people would have, but I wouldn't have during that period. So I, I, not a serious candidate to me. I think a lot of people might have him there. Uh, okay. So we're, uh, we're running a little short on time here, but let's, uh, let's talk about some young guys that I think if you ask me yes or no, are they more likely than not to be Hall of Famers? I would say, and these are guys who have established themselves to some degree. I would say yes for the following four players. Can you tell me if you feel differently? Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most controversial, actually, of these. Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Especially when you consider the international stuff. I mean, he's going to, he, he's, and he also never gets hurt. So he's, and, and he's not exactly relying on athleticism either. So he, uh, and some of those guys can drop off pretty quickly because they don't have much of a, uh, much of a buffer zone, but he also just doesn't really do things that it's going to get himself hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luca. Yep. That's absolutely. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, he had maybe the best season by a 20 year old ever. Joel Embiid. Yes. Yes. I, I think that one's pretty, pretty certain. Um, that if he's, you know, he just has to stay upright for a couple more years, I think he has a pretty good resume. I agree with you. I mean, I don't know that he's ever been a top 10 player for me. I think he can play at that type of a level when he's at his best, but he just has gotten hurt too much. So yeah, he's the biggest one. I worry about him because of the injuries, but then it could also be, because he's had really, this is his third season. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Like right? his third full season. Yeah. 
And even those seasons, he's missed time. But he's also really, really good. Um, and Ta- Talons, I think some people might have questions about. What, why do you think he's uh, he's going to make it? I just think offensively, he plays at such a high level that he's going to keep he's going to keep putting up numbers and making all star teams. But I, I think also, like if he does, if he's anything defensively at all, he's still pretty in his, pretty early in his twenties. That he he's a very valuable player at that point. Like I, I actually I was surprised Minnesota struggled as much as they did. I thought Towns would would make the leap into the being a top ten player in the league this year, and he didn't. Well, I, I think he there. he did until he got hurt. I think he was pretty close to that level. I, after after the first month, I actually had him fifth on my MVP. Okay. okay. When they when yeah. they were five hundred. Yeah, you're right. He was really good early in the year. Yeah, and then when he came back, he wasn't. Um. Yeah, Towns. My only concern about him is because if he never improves defensively, he's just not going to be on a team that does serious damage. Yeah, I mean, most of these guys that we've talked about have all been, you know, very few offense only guys that we've talked about. Well, and not at that position. Yeah, yeah. And Jokic too, but I think especially because the international and the not getting hurt aspects and being on a team that's had a lot more around him, you know, where they're winning 50 games regularly. Towns, it's just, we'll see what they get around him finally. It's, they've been so poorly managed. And he was an important part of a, of a team that was really good when that one year when they had Butler, but then he was yep. terrible in the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I, I worry about him. I think he'll be someone that I will be higher on than a lot of people because i think he just makes a good offense for you on his own yeah keep in mind too that if the wolves don't get better it means towns is going to end up on another team and presumably a better one presumably right because if they don't get better he'll force his way out um okay we're we're running short of time we got about 10 minutes here so i i have a another list here um well so I, i would say there's two guys who just started this year that I think if they stay healthy will make it. And that's John Morant and Zion Williamson. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's highly speculative, obviously, when we're talking about these guys, but yeah, those, those are the two guys who seem to be on that kind of pathway. Yeah. Just when you see of guys who were their age and were this good this early on, and especially a point guard too for Morant, that's a, that's a question. So the last category here, I labeled this as the established young guys I think have a solid chance. Who do you think has the best chance of making the Hall of Fame in, or you think would be the best candidate uh, out of this group? I mean, this is tough. See, Pascal Siakam, the problem he faces is that he's already old enough that he's in a little bit of that Bradley Beal thing where he's got to do a lot of work these next four or five years. Yeah. Isn't he because like 26 already? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you can, you almost can't even call him like one of the young guys. But he just made his first all-star team. He has to hold this level for quite a while. Um and and then things will start to move in his favor where yeah. you know people say okay and he won a championship and all that but he's he's got more work to do than than it seems i would say ben simmons just i mean he's such a hellacious defensive player you know he he could be in a position where he has like 10 all defense selections right and has he made one yet i, I, I mean if he, he doesn't make it this year they need to have an investigation right <laughs> Well, I guess we could do our all defense teams and we could find that out at some point. So I actually have one guy that I think I have higher than anyone else on this list. Mm -hmm. You're going to disagree with me. Trey Young. No, I was thinking about that. Um, I mean, obviously he's going to have great offensive stats. Um, with, you know, what will be the perception of him when we look back five, 10 years? Will it be well, that he well, was, I mean, he was just what, a will, DH or that? Yeah. I, I mean, what will our perception of it be? I mean, to me, I think he's already breaking defenses and he's just such a good passer. He's doing stuff that's 
pretty close to unprecedented for a guy his age yeah if it weren't for luca who getting so much this attention i think that and i think people are also not realizing how terrible that team is around him so there is some uncertainty there i worry about his ability at the highest highest levels Mm -hmm. but i I think he's gonna be i mean he started the all-star game this he's gonna be an all-star every year as long as he stays healthy for yeah 10 years no there's a little bit of that like kind of pistol peep thing with him where people you know where you, you can't tell the story of the game without him that kind of thing yeah, uh, but he's, I mean, I think he's, uh, I, I thought he was, if not a deserving all-star starter this year. He, he deserved uh, to be definitely. on the all-star team. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Other guys on this list here, I mean, Jason Tatum. Jason yeah, Tatum has started on the trajectory, I would say. Um, yeah, the thing that he and Siakam have going for them is they're on teams and good teams, good organizations. I think they're going to be in the playoffs every year. Yeah, yeah. And then Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Needs to stay healthy, but if so, he may be in a position to ride Luca's coattails right into the Hall of Fame, right? Well, the other problem for him is there's so many good centers in the West. He may just not be making All Star teams. Now, I I don't think that's fair to him, and I also think he's he's definitely a, a second banana. But I think he's a very very good second. Yeah, banana. very high level second banana. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he's got one All Star team to his credit. Interesting right player here. I think when it's all said and done, especially if he has a long career, Devin Booker has a chance to put up some huge point totals, like career point totals, like end up in like the top, you know, ten or whatever, and in, in a career scoring. And I think if he does something like that, it's going to be tough to keep him out. Yeah, I think so. And he was, to me, was around the fringes of an All NBA team this year, and he's still very young. Yeah, exactly. um, but. You do wonder about him being stuck in Phoenix for a while, how much that's going to hurt him. Brandon Ingram? Yeah, I mean, he just had his first good season, right? Obviously, if he continues doing this, then I think he would he would be on a he would be on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I think it's it's a little like Tatum, where it's too early to know, but like there's even less body of work than than with Tatum almost. Well, and Tatum is good defensively, which which Ingram isn't. Yeah, and but he, you know he he could ride the coattails of Zion Williamson too. That that could be part of. It. But I, I, Ingram to me, I would say less than fifty percent chance that I will have him as a Hall of Fame. I think he, I don't think he should have made the All Star team this year. Um, another guy I uh, want to mention here, De'Aaron Fox is really good this year. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's early still, right? It was his third season and he's, you know, but I think if, if they, if they picked the all-star team after game 60, I think he would have made it. Huh. That's interesting to think about. Yeah. He's, I had him on the list of guys who, if they take a realistic level of improvement, I don't know that I would say that he's on the path. But you could easily see it happening. Shea Gilgis Alexander might be another guy you, like that too. You can see the path from where he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else do we know? Oh, Bam Adebayo. We didn't mention he's he's one who could be. Uh, I mean, I don't see why he's not going to be an All Star in the East for a while now. Here in the East, <laughs> <laughs> the the ultimate caveat. Nate, what about Demontis Sabonis? <laughs> I actually favorite, put him on, on here. Okay. I put him on here just because of a potential international component. As far as that, he, like he he may actually be talked about, and also just the Sabonis name as well. I mean, I I I think he's not going to be even close to worthy, but I, I could see people talking about him. Uh, I had him under the longer shot young guys who okay. we don't have to, to get through all those. Donovan Mitchell, I think that's probably the last one to talk about here. Yeah. He, I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. I guess is how I'd put it. I, I think he's going to end up being like a level too low, but he's still young enough to to get better and improve as a playmaker. 
and and really get to that highest level yeah he's taking he's taking incremental steps forward every year he's still pretty young made his first all-star team this year maybe you know he was right on the borderline for making it i'm not sure that he's a top 20 player this year exactly but but he's he certainly is very seems very dedicated to getting better and then just for completism here other players who stuck out to me as guys who could easily improve to this level jalen brown and uh jaron jackson jr well i'm certainly vouch for jaron jackson jr yes but my i mean he's kind of he's just got to get a lot better defensively and i don't think he's ever going to be he'll be a player that maybe people like us will like more than the world at large because a lot of it'll be defense and spacing will be the two things but his usage is pretty high too you know i think he can be sort of the the modern day al horford but a more explosive scorer yeah yeah he just he has to improve on you know rebounding physical strength um awareness as a scorer to to be more of a distributor now that he's getting attention uh but those are all things that you know guys who are 20 get better at typically yeah he's super young too even even for his uh his draft class um all right so we'll pack it in here Uh, anything that you want to talk about before we go as far as like writing you've been doing yeah, uh, you know, I wrote about the Chicago Bulls situation and how the flag has kind of gone up on the on the off season uh, hiring process and in front offices and whether that's going to happen in the coaching world soon too. And I've been doing the we actually broke it off now into a new podcast for people who want to get their coronavirus news. I've looked around; it doesn't seem like there's that many people who are doing this because everyone else kind of has their own job and their own reporting to do, and so. Ben Taylor and I were basically spending hours and hours every day reading the most important coronavirus news and research and aggregating that together in podcast forms. The idea is that you listen to that for 35 minutes or so, and then you can hopefully trust that you've gotten the important news and go about your day instead of having to obsess over the news for hours because we're going to do that for you. And uh, John and I will be back next week. We're still on this uh, once a week schedule here. And it's, uh, I mean, I actually, I've been enjoying getting together every, every week. Yeah. yeah talking this, is, basketball. this is my entire is social life right now. So it's been great. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you, you got Chad Ford a little bit too. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually that's uh, so, so everyone, everyone that you talked to uh, once wrote for ESPN insider. Yeah. Exactly. I, exactly. I, I only wrote six articles, but it was it was something. <laughs> My whole network. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll talk to you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.